0: Tonight on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, Cooking with the Daleks. Enjoy the recipe that will exterminate your species.
1: Sci-Fi Saturday We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now
2: time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's a duty to tell us the
1: truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye-bye Saturday night. As of 2019, all Area 51 recordings of Sci-Fi Saturday Night have been enhanced with riboflavin and seven essential audio nutrients to help augment your listening experience. Tonight, in episode 411, we look forward with great excitement to listening to people talk while wondering, who would name a squirrel Sandy Cheeks? Interesting? Perhaps. Perhaps. Candy Floss for the years? Absolutely. On board for tonight's podcast, sitting in the sci-fi Saturday night gaming console and help desk, our own taciturn technical trouble wrangler, Kriana. <coughs> Trombone and spare change. Well done. Back in the Dank Dungeon Reading Room's multiply award-winning Department of Ebook printout redundancy, please join me in welcoming Cyborg University's preeminent reference librarian. Sombrarian.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The crowd loves me. Well, the crowd loves you because it's National Library Week. It and is and it's 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 National Library Worker Day or something like that. Did I screw that up? Probably, yeah.
2: Well everyone will be listening to this in the future. True. So very true. It was National Library Workers Day on Tuesday. Hello, uh-huh. future. Nice to see you.
1: Hello, future. So what did you do to celebrate National Library Workers Day?
2: Um, Like three of my coworkers brought in candy. It was an awesome day.
1: <laughs> Nothing like a, a sugar rush for a librarian, I always say
2: librarians really enjoy sugar
1: and also
2: (laughs) alcohol which no one expects from us but it's true
1: it's 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 good to know it's it's good to know and me i'm just a host a man with a dream of a single day without foot pain or that annoying beeping in my ears they call me the dome uh tonight we're going to reconnect uh with uh a writer that I've really enjoyed reading. Last September, we met uh, Jeff Deck, who's a uh, self-ascribed ghostwriter and has written all kinds of stuff that I've really liked. But mostly, he writes about the city that he lives in as if it was this supernatural place called Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And his first book, uh, City of Ports, The Shadow of Portsmouth, book one, belied the fact that son of a bitch, there was going to be a book too. And it's called City of Games. And I really, really like it. And I really am happy to bring you back. Jeff, welcome back to Sci-Fi Saturday Night.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me back on. And I'm so glad that uh you're enjoying the books.
1: Oh, oh, you, you know, when we talked, and it was like six or seven months ago. Yeah, it was like last September. And I said to you, I'm halfway through it and I'm not going to stop. And it was (laughs) maybe two days later that I finished the book and I just kind of went, Oh, this was fun. This was, and, and you've, you've got a whole lot of good stuff going on in book one. And then I I got the, the, the Google notice that said, Hey, Jeff deck deck's name popped up and here's why. And I went, God damn it. Let's get him on again <laughs> because you've come out with uh city of games, which is book two of the shadow over Portsmouth. And it's similar in, in scope and, and tenor to book one, which it should have been. And it is, and it's wonderful and it's fun and your characters are fleshed off more. Divya Allard is, is, her own cranky self yet again. Uh, (laughs) And, and she's even more, uh, more her than she was the first time around, I guess Uh, you've added in a couple of characters uh, more and you've just literally paused at the end of book one and hit the play button again at the beginning of book two, as if carrying on the same story. Was that always the plan by the way?
0: Yeah, yeah, I um I didn't want to have to um kind of get the momentum like off the ground again with uh with each, you know, future book in the series. So I wanted to have kind of a a, you know, I mean a moment of resolution for the, you know, for the story in the first book and then And you, know, you for, did. For, yeah, you absolutely you
1: know. did. Without uh, giving anything away, that's there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but then, you know, also a uh, uh, something to kind of carry the momentum forward to the next one, and so, you know, and that's and that was the idea too with uh, with the end of book two was uh, you know to make it kind of naturally lead into book three so that people didn't have to kind of, you know, get excited again on their on their own you know without the the book helping them out in a significant way.
1: But on the other hand, and it, it's unfortunate to have to say this. Uh, to somebody who wants to jump into this series, you got to start at the beginning. You absolutely have to start at the beginning. I don't, for a minute, believe, and please correct me or feel free to correct me if you think I'm wrong. But I don't think you could start with book two.
0: No, no these these are definitely not standalones. Um, you know, I mean, there's a mystery aspect to them, but they rely very heavily on uh, reading from the beginning.
1: There are a lot of characters in book one that we deal with in a peripheral way. Um, uh, b- b- what's the Lord, Sandy Greg, for example. Yeah. That in book two become much more prominent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had, you know, the kind of larger cast in, in mind from the beginning and, uh, wanted to plant as many kind of seeds as possible early on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that as I go along as well with, you know, uh, the idea was like all of like the most major characters you know in the series arc, you basically have met all of them by by the end of book one. But then you know there's important secondary characters that are coming into play, uh, and so we're kind of bouncing around with those existing characters in in different ways as we go through the series. And uh, you know we may we may lose some of them you know along the way, but uh, um, you know I. I, I always dislike it in, in books or book series where you have like a, a big bad who kind of comes out of nowhere and, you know, was not like at least hinted at, you know, or appearing in a different form, you know, from in the beginning of the book. Uh, I, I feel like uh, uh, it needs to have this kind of like, you know, circular aspect to it or else it's, at least for me as a reader, not quite satisfying.
1: When there's an episodic television show with uh, characters that are uh, continuous and characters that float in and out, there is a Bible uh, that anybody who's going to write for the show has to adhere to that says, this is what this character does, these are his traits, here's where he's been, here's where we think he's going. In putting City of Ports together and the overarching uh shadow over portsmouth uh is there a bible is there a a a grand scheme of things that goes over a length of novels and if so how many are there
0: <laughs> so i guess this is the the point where i you know give a free plug to uh the the app Evernote because um, <laughs>
1: absolutely, <laughs> you know,
0: not that they're paying me or anything, but you know, I, I find, I find that extremely useful for, you know, for keeping notes. And, um, you know, I realized that you could uh, internally link, you know, notes to each other in ever, and Evernote. So you can basically create your own kind of like private wiki. Uh, so, you know, you could have like, uh, you know, let's say like, you know, just a note for like the, you know, Portsmouth, uh, you know, FBI branch. And then in that note, you've got all the characters who work at that branch. And then you can click on each of their names and the, that'll bring you to like the note for each character. And there's, you know, notes about what they look like and their, you know, personality sketch, that sort of thing. Um, so I've got, you know, I've got this this little wiki for the series that only I can see and that like, you know, syncs up between my computer and my phone. And so, you know, otherwise I would be getting details wrong left and right.
1: You've avoided answering the question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the question was like, the question, the question that I'm pushing towards is this. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed book one. I am thoroughly in the middle of enjoying book two. How how much more am I going to thoroughly enjoy? How many in your grand scheme, grand arc, are you looking at four books, six books?
0: Well, I hate I hate to break it to you, uh, but now that I've you know got you hooked in, you're going to have to read eight more books after this.
1: Seriously.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> But oh, the, plan is,
1: you
0: know, the plan can you do is, you know, the plan is for them all to like be around the same length. Like, you know, the, the first two books are almost identically the same, like page length It works out to like around like 53,000 words or so. So, you know, really, these are novella length. So, you know, you slap a bunch of these together and it's like, you know, one like epic fantasy book. So, you know. I don't think I'm being too cruel here.
1: <laughs> no, no. As, as a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. Because as I'm reading book two, uh, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, let's not wrap this up too quickly. This is way too much fun. And quite frankly, with the amount of, without giving anything away, the amount of places you can go, <laughs> <laughs> um, it it certainly is almost infinite in figuring out, um, you know, cause you get a flash of the big bads in book one, you get it uh, so far, you get, you get to hone in on it just a little bit in book two uh, as far as I've gone. And uh, then you start jumping around literally. And uh, I can just see many, 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 many more occurrences of, you know, finding out, who the big bad really is. Speaking of the big bad, mm-hmm. speaking of the big bad, what's the name of that stupid island that uh, the, the house was built on <laughs> at, at the beginning of book two? Uh,
0: it's, uh, it's Round Island. Round uh, Island. It was, um, hey, yeah, I think hey, it was a, originally hey, called Little
2: Island. Hey, Tom, I, I need to talk to you for a second. What's up? Um, maybe when we're talking to guests... We should not refer to their creations as stupid.
1: No, 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 no. That's <laughs> not what I said. Just
2: I said, a it's thought.
1: Stu- it's a stupid island. But then I realized it was an actual real island. Because yeah. it, it annoyed what? me so much. Uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, no, 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 no. This can't be re-. And I looked it up, and it is real. Okay.
2: <laughs> Never mind. I'll be quiet now.
1: No, really? you're fine. <laughs> you are fine, Zumbrian. Not a problem.
0: Yeah, I mean nature of, created that stupid island. So, you totally. know.
1: <laughs> and, and, and it was exactly as you described it. I mean, you described it as a as a house of ill repute in, in earlier times. And and I just typed it into Google and I went, Yeah, that's what it was. And I went, Holy crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean one of the things that I've really liked about book one and so far in book two is your almost, uh, nitpicky adherence to, uh, names, places, events, uh, uh, streets, views, things that you can see from certain points And I'm going, yeah, you can see that from there. He's absolutely right. Uh, but, but this one just blew me away. Uh, round Island for those of you, uh, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire at, at, the mouth of an inlet is this small little island that at one point uh, during the 1800s was, in fact, the house of ill repute and changes in size from three quarters of an acre to a quarter of an acre, depending on low tide or high tide. Uh and it was this marvelous story I read somewhere about this guy who just recently bought it, and then went, "Oh my God, what have I done?"
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and I'm I guess I'm kind of banking on him never reading my books, you know. <laughs> 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 but even if he does, you know, uh, I don't think he'll find much to uh, recognize in the like fictional character who inhabits the the house on that island. I
1: don't think that's him at all. But they, yeah. And and I don't think that was meant to be, and that's fine, but my, uh, so that aspect of these books is really compelling to, to me only because I've been in Portsmouth, I've hung around in Portsmouth, I have friends in Portsmouth and, and every time it's, it's like kind of peppered with that, that reality. Why did you do that? What What was the point of that?
0: Well, Portsmouth is, I mean, it's such a, just a rich setting, like, well, I mean, it's rich in that everyone has money there, but <laughs> I mean, it's, I, rich, it's sure rich, rich in history and, and detail. And, you know, every time I go there, I think of like something different I want to add into a future book. Uh, and I, I guess my idea kind of is that like, you know, I, I I would like people in the Seacoast to, you know, to read and enjoy the books, and they're going to know if I've got any, you know, gotten anything wrong, um, you know. And there's, you know, for example, there's there's one thing like I I realized that if I wanted to kind of squeeze in Market Square Day, uh, you know, into the the story at some point, I was going to need to fudge the, um, you know, the date a little bit. Uh, cause that always happens in June. That's like the biggest, like, you know, festival in, in Portsmouth each year. And it's like a summer thing. And I realized that we had already kind of passed June in my, uh, you know, in the, the timeline of, of my story. So I was going to have to like resituate it in July. And, uh, you know, and my wife was just like horrified. She's like, people are going to think you didn't do your research. And uh, <laughs> like, oh, no, I'll just put a note in the acknowledgments about it. She's like, no, you're going to have to just rethink this whole thing. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the, I think it
1: a lot of it does kind of paint that. you into a corner, yeah. you know, uh, with your, your dedication to being correct about. The procedures and and and, and um, the the streets and and the whole thing when you want to put something in but it just doesn't fit the way it's supposed to.
0: Yeah, you know, I've, I've I think I've kind of come to like the conclusion that you know having like most of the details accurate, there there should at least be some space for creative liberty and like. You know, especially with something like that where it's like, you know, it's still going to be during the friggin' summertime. Like <laughs> <laughs> probably no one, you know, no one's going to notice. But, uh, you know, it, it, the the actual like locations and everything like, you know, I, I I do have this fantasy of someday, you know, if people really enjoy the series, you know, that they can kind of walk around Portsmouth and and recognize, you know, where each you know, port would be and where each like, you know, important scene in the, in the stories, uh, would be, and kind of like, you know, how you can like do like a, you know, a Da Vinci code, uh, tour of Paris and all, all that stuff, you know, and, in, in in Europe,
1: like. That, that would actually be very cool. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, because of your, your dedication to the, that level of precision in it. And, uh, yeah, I would do that. But then again, I'm a geek. I would do a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> uh,
0: and it also just helps me to like just picture the scenes more clearly in my mind. So, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a a, a cheat on the, on the author's part to uh, be able to bring places to life, you know, very like vividly in my own mind because – you know, many of them actually exist.
1: <laughs> well, I, see, I don't think that's a cheat at all. And and I think, you know, part of the giveaway was in uh, one of the things you just said about walking through the city and seeing something. You go, I can do that. I can find a way to work that into this. Or that would be great for this. So do you do that a lot or do you – is that the impetus or is it the other way around where you're writing something and you're going – where can I set this? How can I make this fit into the city, or is it a little bit of both?
0: Yeah, I mean they kind of feed feed back on each other in interesting ways because you know the excuse me the initial inspiration for the for the series was the real city of Portsmouth itself and just the kind of atmosphere that I felt that it had and the way it would kind of you know set my imagination off and. So that was it, like influencing, you know, the story. And then, you know, now that I have to get down to more kind of granular details, then sometimes it helps to just like, you know, take a walk around the city and be like, okay, you know. I know I want to have the you know another port somewhere around here. Where would be a good spot for it? I'm like, oh, this would be good because such and such, and because maybe there's like a character who works near there that I you know want the main character to meet anyway. So this would be a nice way to to you know to tie it together. Actually, just just this past weekend, I was doing some some writing in Portsmouth, and I was kind of stuck on something for a while, and I just had to. I, I was working in this coffee shop called Cup of Joe that's, uh, you know, right near, um, market square in the center of town. And, uh, you know, I was working with a friend of mine and, uh, at one point I had to just leave the table and just go out into the square and just look at it, you know, from like the lens of, you know, of the story and, you know, and then it, and then, you know, it just hit me really quickly, like the solution to this problem that, you know, sitting at, at home and trying to figure it out was just not happening.
1: And it's lucky for you that you have that ability to do that because I think it adds to the richness and depth of the book that you can.
0: Yeah. You know, and I, I hope that, uh, I hope that it, you know, that the books, you know, make people like want to visit Portsmouth and, you know, kind of keep their imaginations open and, you know, I'm, You know, defaming the Portsmouth City Council and the police department left and right. You know, in the story, yeah, Yeah, you uh... are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You kind of really are. And also, uh, the name of a former governor who's on the uh, in part of the legal office.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, that's kind of the
1: thing that's wonderful (laughs) because it's like you know, I'm sitting there and going, "Whoa, nice one." Actually, I must tell you. The funniest line I've hit so far uh, and and I want to preface that by saying uh, by asking the question after talking to you uh, six, six or seven months ago and talking to you again tonight it's like Divya and you are kind of doppelgangers in that she talks a lot like you do if that's fair to say
0: oh yeah I, that's that's probably why her voice comes, like, fairly naturally to me, <laughs> you know, because, you know, because she's kind of a sarcastic jerk. And, uh, yes. you know, so
1: I'm, re- I'm reading, <laughs> too. Let me finish the thought here. Okay. And I get to the line where they have just reluctantly jumped through the, uh, the port at Small Island end up in they're not quite sure where in the middle of a temple. uh, And as it's being explained, Divya turns and says, oh, this is a religious thing. Okay, then your God or whatever brought us here. Just like Jesus helps the Patriots win every game. And I (laughs) literally burst out laughing because, number one, I can hear her saying it. Number two, I can hear you saying it. Number three, it just encompassed the entire incredulity of that moment perfectly.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I I'm, I'm glad you liked that, that part. And, uh, and that was and that was written, you know, before the whole Robert Kraft thing too. So, uh, you know,
1: <laughs> not even gonna go there. Yeah, Something yeah. Not, not, not as other people can at their leisure go there <laughs> all they all they please. Yeah, but you know, it's 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 fun. Uh, it's it's a good story. It's well crafted. Uh, the 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 transposition from book one to book two was as 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 slick as a hot knife through a cheese log it was just wonderful and uh oh i know here's another really good question i have for you that has absolutely nothing to do with your writing you ready sure who does your covers
0: um a company called damonza d-a-m-o-n-z-a they are um uh you know, they, they're just a, a company I'd found online, you know, with recommendations from some other authors and they really understand genre covers. Like they just, they get it, you know, and yes, so, they do. so I don't have to go through too many like edits with them. You know, I just give them like the kind of concepts I'd like incorporated and, you know, and they do a fantastic job. They, they had done my, uh, pseudo chronicles, of uh, Mark Huntley cover as well.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, book one was a really slick, nice cover. And book two was exactly the same. Very slick, very nice. Uh, You look at it and it gives you everything you need to know. uh, And it's just wonderful. So, yeah, good, good choice there. Really good choice.
0: Yeah, I just hope that the, you know, same people working there will like continue to work there you know, throughout the throughout the series as I, as they give them, you I was going to
1: say if they change an editor, jobs. you're screwed yeah. because yeah, <laughs> these guys have got it right now, whoever's doing it, they've, they've got it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's nice now because now I have like kind of the formula for the cover and I just have to kind of decide what's going to be the location at the bottom. You know, what type of port is going to be featured in the middle of the cover and then who's, face or or part of face is going to be at the top uh and it's uh and it's going to kind of you know rotate uh through some of our main characters depending on who's like a key character in each book
1: No, i i as as a reader you always want to root i think for the main character It. it This juncture, the main character, is Divya, and she's a great character. She's a wonderful character. But she does physically and emotionally get the snot kicked out of her. (laughs) My God, you really put this XXX.
0: Uh-oh, you still there?
1: Yeah, I'm still here. Uh Dude. Sorry, I just X he
2: X XXX and then nothing.
1: Yeah. Oh, no. Am I here now? Yes, yeah, you, you are here, here now. now. Huh. I am wondering mean what the, that was.
0: The XXX part was interesting, though. Although that's not going to really factor in until book four. But anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, y- you have put Divya through physical and emotional hell. Does she ever get to find some equilibrium in her, uh, in her quest to figure out what the hell's going on.
0: Well, I mean, that's what her therapist is for.
1: <laughs> her therapist who, who who was told, yeah, I'll talk to you in a month or two or three, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, I try to err on the side of like, you know, a lot of drama as opposed to not enough. Um, but, you know, she's, she's already been through basically a, a, a period of personal insanity. So, uh, you know, before like the, you know, book one really even gets off the ground, so she can take it or she can take most of it. And, uh, you know, if, if not, then, uh, you know, I'm sure there's always some other character to take up the mantle of, of being the hero.
1: (laughs) So my guess is now that book two is out and, finding its legs, you are ankle deep into book three.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. I'm working on that one right now and I'm hoping to have it out in late June.
1: Wow. You've really, you've really set yourself a short amount of time to, uh, to, to do this. Uh, So how do you do this in this short amount of time? What is, what is it about the way you write that allows you to do that?
0: Um, maybe a, uh, I think there's a fair amount of, of desperation that comes into play. Like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) write the next book before people stop caring about the last one. Uh, now, you know, it's. I, I mean, again, the, the relatively short length of the, of the book, uh, of the books helps a lot. I think, um, it also helps me personally and have writing techniques that don't rely on me writing, trying to write too much in a single sitting. Um, I find it more useful and, and helpful and productive if I can, you know, string together a bunch of like short sessions in a day. Uh, and so I, you know, we'll try to, uh, to time myself and, you know, set like the timer on, on my phone and say, okay, let's, let's see how much I can write in like 15 minutes and, uh, you know, maybe shoot for around like 500 words and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm on a roll and the 15 minutes turns into 20 minutes or 25 or whatever. But, you know, the, I'm, I'm not trying to sit down and, you know, write for like two hours straight because, you know, my brain will just rebel at that point. Um, but I found that a lot of short sessions can really, you know, add up to uh, a decent uh, amount, you know, within a, a relatively short amount of time.
1: So it's not really I've got to sit down at the same table, at the same chair, in front of the same pictures and write 5,000 words and I can't stop until I'm done. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's uh, I mean, there is a ritualistic aspect of it still, you know, uh if I'm working at like a Adele's, you know, uh, coffee shop in Dover, like there is one chair I really do try to, to get each time. And, uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> Good for you. and my brain is kind of tuned into like the, their, the mocha that they do there. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, I find having little like triggers like that. I mean, you know, the mocha stuff is not healthy obviously, but, uh, you know, I find I can kind of prime my brain using like music sometimes too, like, uh coming up with a specific, um, you know, mix of songs for like for a specific book, you know, kind of with like themes that relate to the characters and the plot stuff. And, you know, even just listening to like a few songs from that, you know, mix will, um, will get me in the right frame of mind relatively quickly.
1: Okay. So here's, here's my secret that I'm passing on to you. Okay. This is the music that I listened to while reading book one And reading book two, because I found that as I started reading book two, I had to click right back into it because it just fits so perfectly. It's Pat Matheny's As Falls, Wichita, So Falls, Wichita Falls.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: And I was was sitting here again tonight as I was just catching up on another 10 or 15 pages right before the interview. And I went, oh, God damn, I got to do it. Click. And I turned it on. And I (laughs) slipped right back into it. And it was wonderful. Uh, for me, that's kind of been the soundtrack to this whole series for me. And uh, I, I give that to you with uh, all good cheer and and, and hopefully understanding. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I'll have, to, I'll have to check out that song now. Uh, the guy's name is Jeff Deck. And... He's this really fun guy and this really fun author who's now written two books in a, in a really fun series. And we're looking forward to book three. The first book was City of Ports. The new book is City of Games, The Shadow Over Portsmouth book two. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. It's, uh, it's been a, a pleasure once again.
1: Well, hey, and when book three is ready, I'd like for y'all to come back.
0: I I would be happy to. That'd be awesome. Thank you so
1: much. Oh, you're very welcome. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, King Comic Con, Plastic City Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite authors. If you're looking for a really great gift book for the rapidly approaching St. Swithin's Day celebration, Consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is now available on Audible. I'm not quite sure where else you could possibly find it. Our intro production is provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, check out robwattsonline.com. Is hot sauce is amazing. Our outro music is provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. That's the music you're listening to right now. Their stuff can be found on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. A big hello to Jojo and Celine. I'm glad the new place is working out for you. Many thanks to the gang from the Peabody Time Tunnel, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you so much. This is Dome saying Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased, Thus do we all refute entropy. We'll talk soon, Stacy. Enjoy the chaos, everyone. I know.